Welcome to the Body Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Kiara. You can expect new episodes each Wednesday that are educational, inspiring, and honest surrounding various women's health topics, spirituality, and so much more. The Body Wisdom Podcast was brought to life by integrating the physical and emotional body to deepen one's healing journey. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. It's my favorite. I, I always think of Matthew McConaughey. He's like one of my favorite actors. Oh, it's oh wait, no. But there's Big Albert. Is that what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to think too. Oh my gosh. It's gonna kill me. I'm horrible with movies. <laughs> we'll we'll Google it afterwards or something. <laughs> or duck duck go it, I should say. That's just like such a long verb. Yeah. Duck duck go it. Duck mm-hmm. duck go it. If you guys know, you know, you know what we're talking about. If you know, (laughs) all right, y'all welcome to another episode of the body wisdom podcast. Gabby and I were just chit chatting before we hit record and wow, there's so much that we can cover on this topic, minerals, mental, emotional health. Like, I don't think we really, I think we know a lot also. And I think there's, we're also just starting to scratch the surface. At least I feel like with um, HTMA testing. Um, I feel like we kind of could start there too, for those who don't know what HTMA testing is. Um, HTMA stands for a hair tissue mineral analysis. And it, it kind of blew my mind when I first learned about this test, because when you go to the doctor and you figure out, or you're trying to figure out like what is wrong with you because you are dealing with all these symptoms, you're told, everything looks normal. (laughs) And it's the most defeating thing to hear. And that can even start leading you to think like, okay, am I crazy? Am I crazy? Like, am I actually a hypochondriac? Like everyone says. Um, But that's not true because then we dive deeper into functional lab testing and like how the ranges in functional lab testing are more optimal versus like the healthy range, which they're really just taking like from the population at large today, which is not healthy. (laughs) (laughs) So the hair test is a sample of your hair and it captures like your tissue as well. So that tells you what's going on inside of the cell. And I felt like this was just super game changer in my practice and my own healing journey as well. This gave me so, so much more insight. And I just, I love the hair test. I think it's, it's gold for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a deeper look on what is actually happening versus um, lab tests that even if by functional range, the lab test is technically normal, it might not be reflecting I feel like the mineral test is actually a deeper, quicker look. Like we can see the pattern faster versus in blood testing. It might take a little while to show up. Mm -hmm. And so you might be feeling horrible, but your body hasn't necessarily shown up yet in lab tests because it compensates so beautifully. And it's like pretending nothing's wrong until you crash and it does show up on blood tests. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, 
Yeah. I mean, what you just said makes so much sense. I, I also think that you're catching things earlier. Like, exactly. I love that. I love that piece. That's why I think everyone should run a hair test because you don't know until you know. And mm-hmm. better catching things earlier than later. So today we're going to talk about hair tests and um, how it relate, how we can like find out so much about a person, like just their story. That's, I think, also one of my favorite parts of this hair test. We're not just looking at like, this is high, this is low, this is what you need to do. It's your signature thumbprint, as Morley Robbins states. And we're really looking at um, someone's story. Like, what happened here? How did this person get here? And I think that is probably where people begin to connect the dots for themselves because it's not, I th- and that's why I love labs too. I know like some people don't, or like, you don't need labs or whatever. And like, um, I don't think they're the end all be all, but I think having like some information, more clues can be really revealing. And it can be really, for me, like a, a breath of fresh air. I can feel like my shoulders relaxing. Like, as I say this, it's um, really cool to connect the dots for yourself. So um, I mean, validation too. It's validation. validation. Yeah. It's like, wow something was actually going on in my body and here we are and I can actually do something about it right the action is like yeah yeah that's what I love about minerals too it's like we know what to do this is what we do it's clear it's (laughs) clear clear. yeah Mm -hmm. so um I guess mental health is such a big topic and Gabby and I were like whoa we probably need to do like a part two part three a series on this whole topic because there's so much to unpack here And I think mental health is something that both you and I have struggled with. I think everyone on (laughs) planet earth has probably struggled, (laughs) struggled with it to some extent. Um, and it may not look the same for everyone. Some more, um, some cases are more severe than others. And, um, I think what's really beautiful about hair testing is that it doesn't matter. And like we just said, there's always something that we can do, but, um, I mean, I'll go first, like personally for me, I struggled with anxiety, depression. I've, um, definitely oscillated between highs and lows for like a really, really long time. And, um, I always just thought it was something that I was born with, or I had to deal with, or, and it could have been something that I was technically born with because we can also talk about like downloading minerals, um, or not having enough minerals from your mom when she Mm -hmm. was giving birth. Uh, hormonal implantation, thyroid implantation, trauma implantation, all of those things are very real. So inherited trauma is a real thing. Um, and yeah, that, those are kind of the things that I've struggled with. I've been on antidepressants. I've been on Xanax. Um, and that was years and years ago. And something in me was just like, hmm, I think this is it. And I think a study was just um, published about um, how those with depression do not actually always have low serotonin levels. And so are the SSRIs actually doing them a service or are they just further numbing something that could be healed? So, yes, I was just talking about this yesterday. (laughs) Really? Um, Yeah. The uh, medication and how it can be a numbing agent and it, and some, and I want to do this disclaimer that some people do need that numbing agent in order to get to a place. And to exactly get to a place where you can do the work. But I think what happens is when we're not addressing, like if your prescriber isn't addressing, okay, and when you feel like this antidepressant is working, 
let's also put you in therapy. Let's also put you in a place where we can figure out what the root of this is and get you eventually off the antidepressant. Isn't that the goal? Um, But it's not really looked at in that way. So my story, um, yeah, I grew up like very happy kid. And then all of a sudden in high school, I mean, middle school, I would say younger, I would start, I started feeling it young, but I was able to kind of work out of it. I feel, um, I was on a medication in fourth grade for epilepsy. And I would say I said high school, but I would say going back, that probably was the first time that my body really started to slow down because it was slowing me down in general. I was sleeping all the time. I became, I was like behind in school. Um, And I really do think that that medication affected me for like years and years and years afterward. I was very constipated when I was on it. I had stomach pains, all of that. And then in Mm. high school, I went through a breakup with someone that I really thought I loved. (laughs) And it, mine has typically, my episodes have often been like situationally triggered, Um, and I just dove into this deep depression. And the first thing that my nurse practitioner did was put me on antidepressant medication. Mm -hmm. And I look back now and I'm like, why wasn't I put on in therapy? (laughs) What? (laughs) And, um, but I really, I did get some relief from it. Um, and then that same thing in high, in college, I was like, I was on, antidepressants and on birth control and I just Mm -hmm. had this light bulb moment like what am I doing yeah why am I doing this and I don't recommend this but I went off the antidepressant cold turkey I was on a pretty low dose but I just still don't recommend that and then birth control same thing I just stopped taking it and yeah and I just started feeling my emotions again. I started feeling excitement again. I just felt like for so long, I was very numbed. I remember like writing in my journal, I was just very, I never really got excited. I never really, I was just always like pretty even keel. As soon as I came off, I started feeling all my emotions and whether they were like negative or positive, I was so happy to be feeling them. (laughs) Wow. Um, Wow. So yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate you know, whether it's situational or whether it's just chronic and you're just like, I don't even know, like everything around me seems to be going well, but something just feels off. And that's when I think we can really look to nutrition and minerals, like, cause there's a lot that we can do in the therapy space. There's so many different angles that we can approach these mental health issues. Um, but I think nutrition can be really supportive in helping us become more resilient to outside stressors or internal stressors. Um, and like you said, sometimes, um, medication is needed in order for us to be able to get in the kitchen and want to cook something, need to cook something, Mm -hmm. at least have some sort of energy to cook something. Um, and the nutrition that we kind of preach and talk about is nutrition. That's foods that are mineral rich and people are like, what does that even mean? Um, So we're going to talk about um, some of the minerals that we see on hair tests today and how they relate to certain organs and systems in your body. And for example, I guess we can start off with the gut brain axis. Um, People usually know about this, this phenomenon of like what you're feeling in the gut that impacts your brain. And it's, it kind of goes to like somatic healing. It's this bottom up approach 
So for me, I struggled with a lot of digestive issues. And that's when I really started to notice these um, sensations of anxiety really picking up. And I didn't know what to tackle first. I just, I thought that there was some medication I needed to be on while also like tackling what's going on in my digestive tract. And it was really overwhelming for sure. But um, so that is so true. And I'm curious for you, Gabby, did you experience like any of that with digestion being off and like? Um, While I was on medication or just in general? Just in general. Oh yeah. My like, I think we talked about another podcast too, but I severe constipation. Yeah. Um, and definitely like, uh, to the point where it wasn't just that I was only going two to three times a week, those two to three times were brutal. (laughs) Like it wasn't enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah. I feel that. And well, I think that, um, there's your microbiome that you have to take into consideration, right? Neurotransmitters that are being produced or not produced in the gut. Um, and then you have gut motility and like, if you're feeling constipated or if you have like diarrhea or just digestive issues in general, I feel like that alone can like put a damper on your mood. You're just like, blah, like just not feeling yourself. Yeah. So that alone. Um, and I think what we were talking about prior to the show is how, um, a SIBO protocol, for example, could you speak to that? Yeah. So the SIBO protocol, there's a there, depending on which one you do, there's some different thoughts around it, but they have different supplements, um, based and some people use actual antibiotics, but I, uh, a lot of the naturopathic way is supplements and there are motility factors. So there's a supplement to help you have a bowel movement, because if we're killing off everything and not having a bowel movement, we're not getting rid of it. Um, and so there's also eradication supplement. So that's what is actually doing the killing. And then there's motility. And then some people might put you on, um, supplements to try to repopulate. So, um, probiotics and, um, what, where it goes wrong is if we're not addressing why this happened in the first place, then you might feel better. This is when, if you've ever done a SIBO protocol and you felt better, but then a couple of weeks later, you don't feel good again. It's because we didn't actually address why this happened in the first place. Yeah. And SIBO can be- is that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Keep going. <laughs> I was just going to say SIBO is at high risk for reoccurrence. Like you mm-hmm. really, really have to get to the root cause and 95% of IBS cases are SIBO related and SIBO and IBS are largely stress and psychological related. So <laughs> it really, yeah. Really when I think back to when I had SIBO, I was in nursing school. I was trying to work as a CNA while I was in nursing school, while pay for my nursing school, while still have a social life. Like, and then I was working nights. Like if you look back to what was I doing before I started feeling this way or while you can, most of us can find the root cause, <laughs> not the root cause, but you know, like what is setting my body up to do, be this way. Exactly. And that's the question that a lot of us probably don't ask ourselves. How did I get here? And then we start tracing back all of our steps again, back to what I was saying earlier about connecting the dots on a hair test. Like that is so huge for you to be able to recognize. And I think healing is this subtractive process. Healing isn't necessarily always adding things. It can be like doing a super protocol, whatever, but it's usually the subtraction of a lot of things that got you to that place. 
And that's mm-hmm. what's hard for a lot of people. It's really letting go of this life that you used to live. And maybe it's not an overnight change. We don't want it to be an overnight change because that alone is stressful. But it's slowly peeling back all these layers and removing these parts of your life that no longer serve. And some of us may not even be aware of what those things are yet. And like, it's this mm-hmm. process. It's a process. Um, so yeah, and and I love what you mentioned about the gut motility piece because gut motility really comes back down to the minerals that you have in place or the lack of and the state of your autonomic nervous system because that's really like the root of everything that's the deepest healing process possible. So if you are in that state of sympathetic um, arousal, for example, or on the other hand, because really, I'm gonna like for those who are watching, I'm gonna demonstrate what the um window of tolerance is. So you have this window of tolerance that is about yay big, but for those with trauma or stored emotions, the window of tolerance is about yay big. So with somatic healing, we try to expand this window of tolerance. And this is where we can experience stressors and you know, we can tolerate certain stressors, like such as driving to work, you're stuck in traffic. Hopefully that doesn't bring you up here, but sometimes it does to the state of hyperarousal. And in this state of hyperarousal, you can experience digestive issues. In this state of hypoarousal, you can experience digestive issues. Um, so it really just depends on the system, but, and like how far along you are in, because <laughs> some people have been stuck in sympathetic for a really, really long time, or to the point where there's, they've been in sympathetic for a really long time. Now they're crashing and they're in that like state of forced um, parasympathetic dominance, which is what we see on a hair test. It's so cool that we can see that on a hair test. That is your calcium to phosphorus ratio. And if that's really, really high, we can assume someone has been under um, chronic stress for a really, really extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And- it's so crazy, like learning about it now, because when I, and I hope that people listening can look back at your life and wonder, like, or remember a time that you felt just so stressed, but then the time where it switched to just pure exhaustion um, and you weren't able to run on those stress hormones anymore. Um, Yeah. So yeah, relating it back to the HTMA, like that kind of tells us and affirms to us how we're feeling and then shows us in different mineral ratios um, what we can do to help our bodies out of it alongside um, maybe some somatic healing, but also like, what are we doing physically to get our, to replenish our minerals? Um, yes. I think so so often people don't realize that to get into that ventral vagal state, which is your window of tolerance, we need to be feeling good. And one of the things that I, I really don't like that I see in the mental health space, and this is because a lot of people don't know, um, fasting, for example, for women in their reproductive ages, like that alone is may feel good, like in the moment, but um, also depleting you of, of precious reserves. And um, if you do that for an extended period of time, at least for me and like a lot of women I worked with, that further dysregulated blood sugar. If blood sugar is dysregulated, you're probably not going to be in that ventral vagal state of joy, ease, peace, like where you feel like your most true self. You're probably going to be in that, like, if you're dealing with um, panic, worry, fear, anxiety, a lot of people like um, are dealing with anxiety, but are not addressing their blood sugar. And I'm just like, ah, this is so mm-hmm. important. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to what you said earlier about, you said this like, I can statement. And when people say I can, I like to think of ventral. So that's that window of tolerance. And then when people say I can't, that's like hypoarousal, like lethargic, depressed. I just can't. I can't mm-hmm. anymore. Oh, you, you were saying like when you notice the stress hormones, like you just kind of collapse and that's what that feels like. And then hyperarousal mm-hmm. kind of feels like I need, I need to do this or I have to, like, it's not even coming from a place of want. So those are just some, some helpful statements. If you find yourself saying these, these statements, beginning sentences with these words, I can, I can't, I need, you can start tracking your nervous system and see where you are. And I think mm-hmm. that's really helpful. And with the gut brain axis piece um, and the, the nervous system and how it relates with gut motility, um, again, you cannot have optimal, like your digestion is not going to be flowing as it wants to when the state of your nervous system is, is not in that ventral vagal state. So it's like no matter what we do and, and minerals can be helpful, but we also need to be addressing like the window of tolerance and safety in the body. Right. And so, um, what minerals would this point to Mm -hmm. like what mineral, uh, ratios would be, we be looking at, um, yeah. If we want to kind of get into the tests that you would see. Yeah. Well, I think what we mentioned earlier, like the calcium to mm-hmm. phosphorus ratio, this kind mm-hmm. of tells us about the state of your autonomic nervous system. And when we see calcium excess, actually, I'll let you speak to this because I think it's really important. Yeah. So the calcium excess is basically talking about the relation of calcium to magnesium. Um, and when calcium is super high in relation to magnesium, the magnesium is too low but magnesium is responsible for like over 3000 enzymatic reactions. Um, it impacts your hormones, your energy, your digestion, the gut brain axis, as we were talking about how we feel. That's why if you've ever taken magnesium at night, um, in the form that you need to, like, for example, magnesium glycinate, um, you might feel really relaxed. You might feel, ready for bed. And it's not necessarily a mineral that is going to put you to sleep, but it just helps you get into that relaxed state in order to induce sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if we're seeing that it's, that the magnesium is too low, we're just burning through that magnesium. And that's usually related to stress, whether that is social stress, physical stress, um, or something else that's impacting the magnesium from being able to stay replenished, which is also just goes back to our soil. Magnesium is particularly depleted in our soil. Um, So you might not feel that you're stressed at all, but the food that you're eating isn't giving you adequate magnesium. Um, And then I feel like you would be good to talk about this, um, the calcium shell, like how that relates to, the nervous system too and then what impacts calcium yes yes and first I want to mention like magnesium we love that mineral around here it's awesome but it's also like when you get into potassium 
you may start to have like a love, a love affair with potassium because I think magnesium is one of the supplements that we, um, get so excited about when we first step into the space, but there's also like a process in titrating magnesium. Um, because yes, magnesium glycinate has such a beautiful effect on how we feel at night and how like just really getting into rest and digest mode. Um, but some people really overdo the magnesium. And then what that, when, especially when, when we're slow oxidizers, and that's kind of the pattern that we're talking about here today with calcium access, um, a magnesium burn rate, which is the same of, of, as having low magnesium stores inside of the cell. Um, then that can actually further crash your adrenals if you go a little crazy with the magnesium. So that's just mm -hmm. something to bear in mind. I feel like one of my favorite places to start with clients with magnesium is topical. It's like the safest. I feel like mm -hmm. everyone can do it. Rub some magnesium balm on your body before you go to bed. Take magnesium flake baths. Um, I feel like that's always a really safe place to start and then growing from there. Um, really conservative with the supplements over here, but ma magnesium glycine is awesome. Magnesium malate. Um, there are so many forms of magnesium today. Mm -hmm. And then also yeah, like just three and eight too. <laughs> and three and eight. Yes. And then, um, mineral drops, like it's in mineral drops. So that can also be a really gentle way to just start remineralizing your water and not drinking hungry water that is void of minerals, which is probably also further displacing minerals. So you don't want to drink empty water. Um, anyway, back to your question about calcium excess <laughs> and um, what impacts calcium. So um, vitamin D is not a vitamin. Vitamin D is a hormone and that taken in excess, you know, there's so many sides to vitamin D. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a tough, sticky place to be in, but I also went through the root cause protocol. So we're just going to go with what I learned, but there's also like, so there's always an, a gray area, right? Um, can it be okay taken short-term if you have a certain illness, then I don't know, like maybe it, it depends on the system. Um, but um, taking in excess can cause calcification. So that can also lead to the, the calcium excess that we see. Um, and so we don't want that. And thinking of just like everything in your body, like your tissue becoming hard and like your cells not being receptive to thyroid hormone because of it. Um, and so with vitamin D, I feel like that's something I really look to food for. Like you have um, hormone D and, and fatty fish. You have it in practically, practically all animal proteins. Um, it's a fat-soluble vitamin. So any animal proteins, any animal fats, um, oysters are also rich in hormone D. Um, eggs, you know, all those things. Like, can we really focus on that? And then also just really getting enough sunlight. And then it, hormone D, or, and then also on top of that, you have stored vitamin D and active vitamin D. So when you're getting your vitamin D tested, are you testing active D? Probably not. Um, I think it's a really expensive test. So that's not something that is usually found on a blood test. So they're probably testing for stored D. So it doesn't matter how high um, stored D is. You have to make sure that you have enough magnesium for that hormone D to actually be, well, for that vitamin to actually be converted and go through the hormone D synthesis cycle. Um, so that is something to consider. And then calcium supplementation. I feel like this is something that I took like all throughout childhood. Like she needs more calcium. She needs more calcium. 
make sure she's getting her calcium. I remember taking these like horrible calcium chocolate squares. Like who knows what the other Yes. Is. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about those. Do you know what I, I talked about? I think them for the chocolate, but yeah. <laughs> and they weren't good. They were good. Probably filled with corn syrup. Like what's the point? Yeah. I'm like, oh. And um, for low, for low vitality minerals, um, if you have low vitality minerals, sodium, potassium, then that's also going to impact your calcium. Um, so that's kind of what I was saying. Like if you re support the adrenals first, you need to support the adrenals. If you're not supporting the adrenals, you can expect to feel really low. You may feel depressed. You may feel just you're lacking energy and vitality. You may not, you probably do not have a libido. Your body is probably turned off. Um, and so like turned off by life, turned off by life itself. So that also impacts calcium. And so you'll probably see a high tissue calcium with low vitality minerals, sodium, potassium. Um, and then I think the biggest part of having high tissue calcium is going to be stored emotions and un unaddressed, unresolved trauma. Um, and this is something that I started to dig deeper into my clients when I started running hair tests, because I learned about this phenomenon and I was like, whoa, like that's so cool. And I had a personal relationship with, you know, stored emotions and trauma as well. And so I just got curious about like other people's stories and what they had going on because it really, really plays a big role. Um, and if you're looking at someone who is 50, 60 years old, their calcium is through the roof. And that's not something we want to see. I've seen calcium levels in the 400s and we're mm -hmm. supposed to be somewhere in the forties and fifties. And so that's something that needs to be addressed, not through just through nutrition. Um, of course, like we're talking about nutrition, minerals, et cetera, helps us become more resilient to these things. But um, EFT, breath work, somatic healing, oh, there's so many different tools out there. And not that you need all of the tools, but finding something that really resonates with you and working on that as well. And maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you need nutrition first to become more resilient to even face those parts of yourself because man, healing trauma is, uh, is a very, um, it can be a depleting process, especially if you're not well-nourished for sure. So. Especially for the generations, like you're saying, the generations before us that they oh, didn't yeah. have permission to speak I feel as much as we do about our emotions and then some and well some of us like in our generation might still have gotten the downfalls of that having parents that didn't feel like they could express their emotions and so they didn't let you express your emotion that it, it can all it all matters and it's so fascinating to me that we can see this through HTMA and this is why like you there are people that are super like feelers and express their emotions like it's no problem and then there are people that are that we might look at like oh I'm surprised you didn't react oh this is good this is yeah good. yes like, because like I wish I could just do an instant HTMA on them and be like why didn't you react <laughs> <laughs> yes I the 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 calcium shell that I saw in the 400s like this person does not cry this person does not shed a tear this person doesn't know how to feel what they feel kind of going back to calcification like just just think of cement think of numb these people are really really numb I actually was just um 
having a conversation with a colleague the other day about her client whose tissue calcium was in the 400s, magnesium was in the 30s, which we want to be at a six. Um, so really high magnesium burn rate. And I'm like, and she was just coming to her for weight loss. And I'm like, I bet there's so much more under there than just, you know, trying to lose weight. And she's probably, there's probably a lot going on in her body and she's not able to tap into the sensations because she doesn't, she can't feel. And that's the body's self-protective mechanism as well. Um, And that's kind of what happens is like, you will see those mineral patterns with people who have been compensating, like our bodies have been compensating so well to keep us alive, which is such a beautiful phenomenon as well. Um, but it's like, wow, yeah, you just have to peel back those layers and, um, older generations did not have like the resources that we do have today, um, to be able to feel safe enough to feel our emotions. Those, my parents, their parents were usually operating in survival mode. And now they're in this new era, this new generation where it's like, it's okay to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's what's like, it's so um, important in that way to make sure that you're really in a good spot when you're working on mineral, not in a good, necessarily you need to be in a good spot to work on minerals. I just mean that you're taking care of yourself because you might start to feel things you've never felt before and making sure that you, um, and that's why working with a practitioner is amazing, but also if you can't like working with your therapist or just like letting them know, letting your best friend know this is what's going on. And so you have an outlet or like someone to lean on in this process. Um, just somebody who is aware that you might be feeling things you've never felt before and that can support you. Yeah. Because when that calcium shell cracks, that's kind of like when everything starts to unfold and you need, um, potassium to be able to do that and all the emotional healing, et cetera. Like when that calcium shell cracks, I had that happen. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting to, to witness, especially as a practitioner. Um, so yeah, minerals are incredibly important and they also make up five to 6% of the body. Um, so that's huge and not enough, enough, not enough of the population, um, physicians, um, maybe even some practitioners do not know enough about minerals. So I really hope this information, I think it is like, I think it's becoming for lack of a better word, like mainstream. I think Mm -hmm. more and more people are like, even like electrolyte powders and stuff, electrolytes guys, just so you know, it's just a fancy word for minerals. So, (laughs) but you can, you can find cleaner versions of like electrolyte powders, um, for sure. So yeah, super important. I feel like the, um, we could do the part two on like toxic elements and heavy metals and all of that. I feel like that's like a whole other. (laughs) Yes. We can talk about how heavy metals um, impact mental health because I think um, heavy metals are talked about a lot in this space, but a lot of people are doing like chelation therapy and a lot of really- I did chelation, like straight up DMSA. Oh, and. Well, I did, what's that called? Um, safe heavy metal detox, TRS. Yes. Oh, TRS. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot that we can go into there, but I think a lot of people, a lot of, when I used to answer DMs, like a lot of people would ask me like, what do you think of TRS? What do you think of chelation therapy? And like, I have high mercury. What do I do? And so, yeah, we'll talk about that in part two. 
And um, if you guys have any questions about um, hair mineral testing, you're welcome to send an email to support at kiaranewellness.com. We still have a few spaces for VIP clients this month. So if you're interested, just um, click on the email below in the show notes and a member of our team will respond to you as soon as possible. Um, other than that, you can head to the website and fill out an application to work with us in a VIP setting. But I think that is all we have for today. And um, I'll talk to you guys next time. See you later. Bye. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If the episode resonated with you, feel free to share it with a friend and give the podcast a five-star review and rating as this allows us to grow and continue having incredible guests on the show. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time.